0: there and welcome back to Holistic Health Masterclass podcast. This is Brett Hawes. Uh, Trust you've been well and uh, I am a little bit behind in releasing some of the episodes. I have Uh, for the simple fact that I have been crazy busy. Uh, I've been doing a lot of in-person presentations, uh, some traveling, and uh, also some online webinars, uh, in case you haven't caught any of those. Um, Right, so where to start? I don't really have too much in the way of announcements. Uh, I do want to say just one thing, though. Um, I did put out on Facebook uh, a few days ago, Um, Just a reminder about these Ask Me Anything episodes that I would really like to get going. So Ask Me Anything episodes uh, is exactly what it says. Uh, I would like to hear what you would like to learn more about. Okay, so my background is very, very extensive and uh, I do plan on doing, and I've done them uh, in the past, but I want to do more solo podcasts, right? So once a month, just answering questions from listeners. And I've been trying to figure out the best way to get that to you. So uh, Facebook is perhaps not the greatest way for the simple fact that, um, you know, scrolls down the newsfeed and we lose it. Uh, So another way that I will be... um, getting out there is through our mailing list, right? So I know some of you watch or listening to this are on the mailing list. Um, if you are not on the mailing list, I would encourage you to get on it. Uh, the I will uh, put a link directly to the website. And the easiest way is to actually just download the seven-day menu plan and your email will be on the list. And uh, I will follow up with a, uh, a question... Um, just in terms of what you want to hear about, and we'll sort of take it from there. Um, It's always difficult to try and get these things together when we're dealing with people in 52 countries and everyone wants to know about all sorts of different topics. So this is really an experimental venture uh, to try and connect with you more and to try and um, yeah, just cater to what you want to hear about. Right, so on to today's episode. Uh, My guest today is Andrew Dipros from RootWave, based in the UK. And they are a company that has pioneered uh, technology that will enable us to kill weeds without using chemicals right currently uh, it's fairly small scale uh, but they are looking to roll out on a global scale within the coming years and I think when you listen to the episode today you'll have a better understanding of why this is a important and B how difficult this might prove in the sort of global space today the technology itself is fairly straightforward uh, using electricity to kill weeds but when we start looking at catering to hundreds and thousands of acres and farmers' fields, uh, the picture changes quite a bit. And that's where, looking forward, uh, they are looking to include and collaborate with companies that specialize in artificial intelligence. So a little bit Star Trekky, but the exciting thing for me is that we have a way now that we can actually weed farmers' fields completely chemical-free, which is very, very exciting. Uh, For those of you who have been tapped into what I've been doing for a while, you will know that I've been making noise about GMOs, about glyphosate, about chemicals in food for well over a decade and so, this for me has been a long time coming. And that's why I'm excited to have Andrew on the show. You will also see that the show is a little bit shorter today for the simple fact that you can't really elaborate much more on uh, the amount that we cover here in our roughly half hour together. So, I hope that you enjoy today's episode. And I think that this is an episode definitely worth sharing with uh, people. Uh, You know, it definitely gives us a ray of hope. And to know that this technology exists, uh, it's sort of, there's no longer an argument to say that we have to have pesticides and chemicals so that we can feed the world. Uh, We have a viable alternative that is looking for funding and looking to scale up so we can serve our global community. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, Thanks as always for listening. And please feel free to share, subscribe, review, and help me get the word out there. So today I bring you... Andrew Diprose from RootWave. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Hey, Brett. Um, so, Andrew, you... Uh, run Rootwave, which um, I'll, I'll just give our listeners a bit of the backstory here. So, as many of you know, that I work with Detox Projects, um, I have done for a few months now, and so I actually came across uh, Rootwave and your guys' work through Detox Projects. And when I first heard about it, I was I was literally I was a little bit floored, um, just because it sounded somewhat Star Trekky. Uh, but perhaps you can just sort of give us a, a quick overview of um, the company, what your position is, and maybe a little bit about how you actually got to
1: where you are today. Yeah, sure. So um, who are RootWaves? So RootWaves are pioneering the use of electricity to kill weeds uh, as the only scalable and sustainable alternative to herbicides. And our tagline kind of says it all, it's lap weeds with zero chemicals. Um, My position in the company is CEO, so I'm driving the team uh, to make sure that we can roll out this technology globally uh, in as many different applications as possible. And the backstory is that uh, my father, Dr. Mike Diprose, has been zapping weeds for 40 years from an academic point of view at Sheffield University here in the UK. What
0: does that mean, an academic point of view? Perhaps you can just elaborate on that for a second.
1: Yeah, so he's just been researching effectively uh, about the use of electricity to huh. kill weeds. Um, now, it didn't really go anywhere over the last 40 years because chemicals were cheap, abundant, easy to apply, and no one really understood or appreciated their potential health and environmental uh, issues. So why wouldn't you choose chemicals Uh, and it's only recently with the issues of resistance regulation and mitigation that now people are actively uh, seeking out new ways of killing weeds that uh, won't potentially uh, harm the environment and, and ultimately humans. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it almost sounds
0: like uh, your 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 father was uh, way ahead of his time in a sense, where the climate and the environment wasn't quite ready for what he was doing. And uh, I mean, obviously, we find ourselves now where people are really starting to pay attention to environmental issues, uh, sustainability, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So. Um, I'll just back up a couple of steps because obviously I'm sitting here in Canada. Um, a lot of our listeners are, in fact, in North America, but you're sitting in the UK right now and is the use of chemicals in agriculture, is it as prevalent as it is here?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say so. Uh, now, I've got to caveat everything I say that I'm not from an <laughs> agricultural background, um, so you know, I'm actually new to this industry uh, as well. Hmm. But um, my understanding is that effectively, the Americas, uh, such North America and South America, is are, are the sort of regions of the world where chemicals are more widely used. Uh, they are used elsewhere in the world, but not so much uh, in in terms of volume per uh, hectare, effectively. And that's actually why you're getting the issues of resistance uh, in North America and South America more than you are in the rest of the world. I think Australia, you could actually couple with uh, North and South America.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, So when, when, when you say resistance, I assume you're talking about weed resistant, right? Where they're becoming resistant to the chemicals. Is that right?
1: Exactly. There's a great website called, uh, I think it's weedscience.org, uh, and that gives you the latest statistics on uh, resistance globally of uh, different weeds to different actives. And the statistic I throw out, I can't remember where it's from, is that two-thirds of US farming is now harbour resistant weeds of some kind. Wow. Uh, and that's only growing exponentially. So that problem in its own right Warrants a new technology, be it chemical or non-chemical, mm-hmm. uh, and marry it with the other issues uh, of using chemical technology, then actually the future is probably non-chemical.
0: Yeah, which is kind of crazy. I mean, you touch on a couple things and uh, just a little bit of my background here, lightning fast, is I actually was teaching nutrition and environment um, at a school for, for 12 years. It was actually my longest running course. So I'm quite familiar with a lot of the environmental issues as it pertains to nutrition and farming. And what's interesting, just a quick stat here, and I don't know if this is 100% correct, but it's probably got worse. But at the turn of, sorry, in the 19, I think it was the 1920s, 1910s, 1920s, I think we had six pests. And I say pests uh, as a global term, where these could be insects, these could be weeds, um, etc., six organisms, if you will, that were resistant to chemicals. And last time I checked, I think we had over 700. Um, You know, the, the sad thing for me is that we're still looking at companies like Bayer, Monsanto, et cetera, et cetera who are now developing stronger chemicals. You know, glyphosate, which is the sort of principal ingredient in Roundup, which is the most widely used herbicide, um, is starting to not work on a lot of these weeds and they're developing version 2.0. And, you know, you kind of wonder where... History has shown that that's not the way to go, clearly. Because if it was, we would be making gains, and we're not really making gains. Uh, I think we're sacrificing ourselves um, at the, you know, to, in order to grow food, which doesn't really make any sense uh, to me. So, so I, I'm very, very excited about your technology, and perhaps you can sort of just uh, explain. I know you explained it very briefly, and if there's anything to add, please do. But you know, how does the technology work um, in the fields? You know, uh, on the ground. Yes it's
1: actually a very simple concept. Um, uh, Effectively what you do is you touch a weed uh, and this creates a circuit. Um, The electricity flows throughout that circuit um, and then the natural resistance of that weed turns that electrical energy into heat which boils it inside out from the root upwards. So the, the the core technology is basically touching a weed with a lot of energy uh, and then it will die. Um, now, to unlock the potential of the technology, uh, especially within agriculture, uh, we have to actually uh, marry it with uh, a number of other technologies within precision ag. Um, so where we're heading is a solution that's fully automated that uses cameras to spot the weeds, uh, and then rather than hoe or spray them, uh, they'll get zapped. And take that one step forward. There are a lot of uh, new technologies coming out where you actually remove labour from that equation. So fully autonomous weeding mm-hmm. robot platforms, uh, and again, uh, technology uh, will marry up quite well with that. Um, and you get the benefits of, of all these technologies coming together at the right time.
0: Yeah, and so you touched on a number of things there that I think are worth um, just sort of diving into a little bit. Um, and questions from my side, so when you talk about touching a weed are we really you know at present moment right now is it a piece of equipment that i have to walk into the field and i look at the weed and then zap it and just keep going like that all day long or you know or do you have different types of equipment because when i think about it like that at present moment anyway it seems to me
1: that that's quite difficult to scale up if it was all manual right yeah so you mentioned star trek Earlier on, uh, I don't know if you remember that scene in Star Wars where the Emperor is um, electrocuting um, Luke Skywalker with his hands. It's not quite as spectacular as that. they <laughs> do actually need to physically take uh, an electrode to touch a weed. So at the moment we have a professional hand weeder, um, which uh, is mainly for um, gardeners or groundskeepers to uh, spot weed and treat invasive species uh, such as giant hogweed, etc. Um, in parks and gardens. So you're right, that's a very niche. Well, it's not a niche project. It's actually quite a big market, but it's 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 not for field scale, broad acre uh, scenarios uh but the core technology is suitable for those scenarios so what we're work- doing is working with uh, external companies that have automated weeders that you pull behind tractors use cameras to spot what's a weed and what's a crop uh, and then currently they hoe or um, spray those weeds uh, and what we're doing is effectively dropping our technology into those core platforms Uh, to allow the weeders um, to zap them rather than spray a hoe. And you might ask, well, why do that? Because, well, if you take the chemical argument out of it, why do that if you can mechanically hoe them? Uh, It's because uh, there are a number of advantages to our technology. So first, it's organic and sustainable, uh, unlike chemicals but like um, mechanical hoes. But secondly, it's no-till. And this is one of the primary benefits of using chemicals, you do not disturb the ground. So you don't have issues with soil erosion, carbon emissions, um, disease, etc. cetera. Um, and actually, by combining those two advantages, that's where you have a clear advantage in using electricity over uh, all the other encumberant technologies, uh, such as chemicals, mechanical, or other thermals
0: yeah so so um so a couple of things there, just to interject. I mean, I think that the whole soil erosion um, uh, point is is super important because, as we know i mean we 've lost in certain parts of the world i mean we 've lost um, feet, like, I mean, th- three, four feet of topsoil. Uh, and, and I believe that that is a global uh, phenomenon. It's not just, you know, isolated to developed countries and whatnot. Um, so do you feel that a lot of the soil erosion, I mean, it, is, it's largely due to tilling, right? And it, as we till the soil, wind kicks up and s- essentially just blows everything away?
1: Well, again, I'm, I'm no expert here. Uh, I think that's a, a primary cause you yeah. disturb the soil and then you can blow away. Yeah. I think different countries, again, have um, different ways of growing crops. Um, so if you uh, have lots of hedgerows, for example, uh, you can actually stop the wind blowing. Or if you uh, have uh, winter cover crops, so after the harvest, yeah. you can actually uh, stop soil erosion there as well. So there are many factors, but an important factor is cultivation. Yeah, you're correct.
0: Yeah. So I think that that's, um, that's really uh, fascinating to me because again, I know, you know, with soil erosion comes mineral loss. And when we look at the stats for that, we can actually see that anywhere from 72 to 86% of our minerals have actually been lost. Um, and that is a global statistic. Uh, you know, uh, certain places like the U.S., um, North America, uh, we've seen 85% loss, uh, places like Australia a little bit less, but still in the 70%, 72%, somewhere around there. So um, I think that that's a huge step forward is, you know, not having to till uh, will essentially... Um, yeah you know preserve topsoil, and who knows in the long run, maybe even regenerate it, uh, especially when coupled with organic uh, farming techniques and so
1: on so um yeah because I mean that, that has a lot of knock on impacts as well because if you lose the minerals, then you um, have to make up for those minerals, but then you know you get the runoff into the streams and the ocean and the dead zones, so there 's this whole massive interconnected system. Um, and you've really got to solve the problem at source uh, in order to, one, solve the problem at source, but also all the knock-on effects you get because uh, of intensive um, agriculture. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, and that's just it, right? So when we talk about knock-on effects, we're also looking at things like soil microbes, you know, <laughs> which are so vital for decomposition, for growing healthy food. If we don't have minerals in the soil, that means we don't have minerals in the food. So now we're having to rely on external fertilizers, which um, really just don't do the job. I mean, things like seaweed fertilizers and whatnot are a little bit different, but definitely your your big box commercial fertilizers only contain a handful of nutrients. And of course, when plants are nutrient deficient, that also means that people then become nutrient deficient. And, uh, you know, without um, really getting into it here, there's fairly extensive literature on that as well in things like british medical journal the lancet and you know books have been written about it so i think that what you guys are doing is uh, is pretty fascinating how how far off do you feel um you're like in terms of scaling up in terms of really getting this out into the farmer's field what's your sort of
1: roadmap look like so uh I'm going to add a few caveats so, sorry, here. Sorry to put technology. you on the here. <laughs> no worries. It's technology, so you never know what curveballs might arise. Um, but we're looking to have uh, a, product, a, a scalable product for agriculture, for cereal, vegetable, and fruit crops, uh, globally available 2020.
0: Awesome, and, that's, um, and that, that's the pull behind in the tractor, um, and I, it sounds to me like you're also using artificial intelligence to some degree, right?
1: Well, we're leveraging solutions that use artificial intelligence. So uh, if you think about it, to kill weeds, there are three links in a chain. You've got to create the energy, and you've got to transform it into waveforms to kill weeds quickly, and then you've got to apply that energy to the weed. So, in agriculture, you take your energy from a tractor or battery or generator or alternator. It goes through our black box of tricks. Uh, and then you use a mechanical device to um, take that through the fields to see and uh, zap the weeds. Now, Root Wave aren't trying to solve that entire problem just because we don't have the resources and because people have already solved two out of three of those links. When it comes to the power side, you know, a whole host of companies have. Uh, tractors and generators and battery technology. There's no point trying to um, reinvent that wheel. And the the other side, uh, less mass market, but there are plenty of companies around the world that have automated readers uh, that use vision technology, AI, deep learning, whatever you might call it, Mm -hmm. uh, to process that vision uh, uh, information and then make decisions on what to do. And again, why bother trying to recreate that wheel? Uh, Because it's already been done, and it's been done well. There are plenty of companies out there. Um, Our one partner that we can publicly talk about um, um, called Stekete, based in the Netherlands, recently acquired by Lentgen, is is part of our uh, EU Commission project. Uh, So they gave us a bunch of money to make this a reality because they know what's happening in the market, they understand the pressures they're under, Hence the whole glyphosate debate in the EU at the mm-hmm. end of last year and they recognize the potential of that technology. So uh, they give us money to work with SECT to integrate active technologies to have this scalable solution for cereal and vegetable crops uh, ready to distribute globally. Um, so that's what's really driving a agricultural side of things.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so cool. I mean just to just to sort of um, y- you know I think when people think of organic farming or sustainable farming you know there's this sort of um, image of you know an old bearded farmer getting down on hands and knees and you know really old school (laughs) traditional kind of way and and so you know that's one of the reasons why i was excited to get you on the show because i love the use of technology you know we we have this technology at our fingertips and I, it's just great to see it being put to uh, being put to good use, you know, where where we can automate things. We, you know, because the only way to really scale anything up is through automation. Uh, you know, if anything has to be done manually or by hand, and we're talking about feeding the world and changing the farming system, that's not all that feasible. But it's sounding to me like you guys are on the right track for um, actually, you know, really rolling this out on on a mass scale. And I, I think it's very exciting. So, uh, congrats to you guys.
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, I would actually counter your argument there and say, um, actually, some of the technology that's been around for a while in organic growing. Um, such as the automated um, weeders, mechanical weeders, uh, are actually much higher tech than their chemical counterparts. It's only recently where you get sprayer companies that are working on uh, precise spraying capabilities. That stuff's been around in the organic mechanical weeding market for a long time. Mm -hmm. So actually, in some respects, it has been more advanced for uh, a longer period of time than your conventional farming.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's uh, it's interesting to see where it's going. And I think that in terms of um, timing, in terms of timeliness and where we're at, uh, I think it can't come quick enough because, you know, so much stuff going on in the world of especially glyphosate, just because it's so widely mm-hmm. used where, you know, uh, Monsanto just lost a trial in California to, to the groundskeeper. So, again, just coming back to what you were mentioning earlier, your technology is, is well suited to groundskeeping um, golf courses, I would assume, and so on. Um, and, you know, you've now got, I think, 8,700 uh, plaintiffs that are lining up to sue Monsanto, uh, including the Sri Lankan government and um, and some other folks. So, um, yeah, so I think it, it can't come quick enough. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add today, um, Andrew, or be, before I sort of get you to just share where people can find you and, you know, anything that you want to um, put out there for our audience? Uh, well,
1: it's probably not linked, but um, it's just (laughs) a point that we are looking for an investment in order to deliver uh, and and scale our company to get this technology out globally. So if any of your listeners are serious uh, investors, and I'd be more than happy to speak to them.
0: And I know we do have some people out there that are, you guys are farmers, I know that you are, and I know that you are um, really trying to switch your (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of acres over. Um, to To organic farming and whatnot, so yeah, um hopefully something comes of that Andrew for you and for those of you listening out there, um if you are interested in getting behind this or at least checking it out, uh, check out the show notes today um i've put all the links there um so Andrew, any final words from your side before I let you get going today?
1: Uh, not really I mean, I just like to reiterate the the uh our sort of main i guess. Uh, Pitch which is um, you, know, you know there are a lot of alternative technologies out there, uh, but they do all have disadvantages uh, and I generally believe electricity is one of the only technologies that uh, addresses all those shortcomings and can be a truly scalable uh, solution, uh, not only across agriculture um, but also across the consumer home market uh, as well as the professional um, weeding market as well. Uh, for me, it's that core technology can be scaled across any of the way, any ways and applications you currently use chemicals for. We can develop a solution for that. Awesome. Well,
0: I can tell you that I do grow, um, I, I wouldn't say by any stretch, a lot of my own food, but I am quite an avid gardener and I'm getting better and better all the time after all the years. Uh, so, having something that would be suited to home use would be awesome. I would be all over it. Um, it would 20, save me. Okay, great. So I got a little while to go, but nonetheless, I'm going to hang in there. And uh, for now, I still got to get down on hands and knees and uh, do the manual stuff. Um, but as soon as you have something that is ready for the consumer, um, we'll, we'll definitely uh, get that out there to, to people. So, Andrew, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. And um, for those of you listening, hopefully, you have enjoyed the show. Uh, As always, if you do, please consider sharing, uh, subscribing, leaving a review, and uh, just, you know, get one friend or family that if they've never heard the show before, uh, turn them on. Uh, As you know, we've got a huge back catalog of stuff and uh, some awesome guests coming up uh, moving forward here as we head into the final stretch of 2018. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Andrew, for coming on to the show. And uh, we will catch up with you shortly. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye.